Well, first off, uh, welcome back to our podcast. We're going to do a live podcast. Um, and so for listeners that are listening on podcast, on, on an app or whatever, um, just so you're aware, Ben, we're in the truck, so audio is going to be maybe a little bit different. Uh, we hope it's okay. Ben is live on Facebook right now. Um, we're on our way over to the farm um, that we hunt over in Buffalo County. And we're going to be doing some food plotting and setting up some licking sticks. And so we're spending the day over there. And we thought we would try to um, be efficient and get a couple podcasts recorded while we were um, driving. Uh, I've got making some phone calls, catching up on stuff like that. But <clears throat> this is a chance for us to um, get some of the content stuff done that we were trying to do. And we struggle to find time during the day. Ben's live on Facebook. <coughs> where our hope is we're going to do this one it's podcast number 35 this will be podcast number 35 and we're going to do it as a Bella update so um, Bella is a dog that probably at this point most people maybe that are following us know that we have her um, but they haven't necessarily seen a lot of the training progress we did go live on Facebook with her a week week ago a week and a half ago um we've only had her for a couple weeks um we went live with her and did some place training we uh record we did some stuff at deer fest with her and we recorded all that so that's on a seminar in a seminar that we're we're actually one of them's edited the other one's getting edited we're gonna be posting those so you're gonna see some early stuff with bella there but we've been recording, Ben and I have been recording training just about every day. Uh, we've got 10, 15 of them probably recorded. Um, I'm going to do an update on where we're at with her. The disconnect is probably that you haven't seen the videos yet. So you really don't, you really haven't been able to follow along with the training. That's coming. Um, we are working out some final details um, on a, on a f- with a few partners that we're going to work with on it. Um, and figure out the best way to put it out there effectively and efficiently. So, so if you're following, on, if you're watching, is anyone watching on Facebook? Ten people. So, if you're watching on Facebook and you have questions on Bella, feel free to ask them uh, or any other question. I guess at that for that whatever whatever you want to talk about. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, that's why we're going to maybe go in different directions a little bit. Is because we're trying to. I really valued the interaction that we had with Live with Spry when it was live because we did get to get a lot of um, at the moment, like in the moment, uh, questions and, and some things that came up that were on people's minds. And we were able to talk about it. Um, it was just a real good way um, for us to do it. It also was super time-consuming and, and a little difficult to do with reception. Part of the reason why we're going live on Facebook right now is because we're driving in the middle of nowhere across the state and I have better reception now than I ever have at my house. So it became frustrating <clears throat> trying to get that stuff live while we're at home. Now you, you'll you notice uh, Ben will swing that live camera back. So um, we have Bella <clears throat> and I say her name hesitantly because I she did finally settle down. I've got Cody with us as well. Um, Cody's going to be out with us um, to Buffalo County. We're spending a couple days out here um, prepping fall food plots. Um, 
checking cameras, doing licking sticks. We're going to do some recording with Cody. Cody wakes up when I say her name. That's why I wanted to be careful saying Bella's name because I don't need to get her fired up. Um, we typically have covered her crate. To this point, we've covered her crate. She settles into it really well. In the last week or so, and I talked about this as we've been filming live trainings, um, we've gotten to the point where she settles in when you cover the crate, you don't hear a peep out of her. If you do take the blanket off, she sees things, she gets distracted, she hears things. Um, it's harder for her to settle in. And I've had a lot of people ask questions about getting the dogs to settle into the crate. And it's something that we want to do early and often. And we don't necessarily, I do not want the crate to be punishment. I'd like it to be very positive. So we, I right now am feeding, we're using feeding times as training with Bella. And so I'm, I was going to steady her up. I don't need to steady her up because she's too steady. I need to loosen her up. So I'm using feeding times and you'll see that when you see some of the videos of our training. But I've been using feeding times to help figure out her understanding of lining to a reward. Uh, eventually it'll be retrieves. Right now it's a bowl of food. Um, so we do that typically in the morning. We've been recording that. In the evening, at least half the time when I feed her in the evening, I've been feeding her in the kennel. Um, I want her to get excited about the idea of getting into the kennel and getting fed, which is a pretty good sized reward for her at this point. I also want it to be a really safe, comfortable place. So connecting positive stuff to the kennel is important. I don't get mad at her. I don't get pissed off and then throw her in the kennel because she starts to connect that with a negative. So when we when we got her, um, she did not like being in the kennel um, when the when there was no cover on it. Uh, she whined a lot, so we we never we didn't really we didn't really respond to the whining. We just kind of ignored it. She settled in pretty nicely um, within four or five days, where her whining would be a lot shorter. It'd go from 15 minutes to 10 minutes to five minutes to three minutes till you just put her in there and you didn't hear a peep. Now, I started taking the cover off and she whines. And so when we, we have a camera on the dash right now um, that's recording uh, for the regular podcast part. So we use the blanket to kind of soften the, the where the camera sits. And so we took the blanket off of the kennel. And as soon as we took the blanket off of the kennel, she got real mouthy. Uh, she got real whiny. Um, she 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 scratched in her kennel. She whined. She deep sighed all the time. And so she wanted out because she could see out. She could see that you know she could recognize that there was action going on around her. <clears throat> it took a little while. We just recorded a podcast <clears throat> before this one. Talked about pheasants. Uh, we raised some pheasants this year and. So we, we did a podcast just kind of catching everybody up with the progress. I shared some of the things that went well, some of the things that didn't go so well. Um, but during that podcast, she whined and fussed. For the first few minutes, uh, I didn't know how long it was going to last. Um, it didn't last that long. She ended up settling in. She got a little bit wound up again as it went on because I brought up her name and I said her name. And she heard that and she got up. So... We're working to the point now where we're beyond, I, I feel like we're good with covering the kennel, she settles in and it's quiet. Now we're working on having her settle in without the cover. So it's just an incremental step. 
we still keep her in a, a relatively isolated place at our house. It's in our kind of our laundry room. <clears throat> but there's dogs with ken in kennels right next to her. A lot of times those dogs are laying in the kennels without without the door closed. So she's got plenty of things to distract her there. Um, but all in all, she's doing fantastic with it, settling in nicely. Um, the other thing that we're working on, and she, I, I say she's... I don't think she's got it 100% because she can't slip on it and she can regress very easily. These dogs, I get messages from people, my dog is X amount of weeks old, she's got this, she's got this, she's got this. No, they don't have it. They might be doing it real well, but you you don't form habits that quickly, that are solid, so the consistency has to continue. So with her letting her out of the kennel, she doesn't come, come flying out of there. Um, Early on, we just closed the kennel back in her face, and she very quickly realized, don't come out, that door will close on me. Uh, now we can open it, we can move around a little bit, I can walk around a little bit, she waits, she'll peek her head out a little bit, she'll look for me, she comes out on her name. I usually snap my fingers a little bit, I give her a little gesture, and I call her name, and she comes out. I bring her to the door, I'm getting into the habit of go right to the back door, and sit down. Once she sits down, I open the door. Once I open the door, I let her out. Then she does her bathroom thing. So it's all routine. Um, we're just setting up a lot of routine things with her. As far as her training has gone beyond, like I, I consider all that stuff training, but it's real lifestyle training. It's real easy to build it in to everyday life stuff without setting time aside. We are setting time aside to work with her. And this is a lot of the stuff that we've been recording. Um, heel work. We've started to put in heel. I value solid heel work as much or more than anything, um, when, especially when we start to want to try to go out in the field. So we've started to establish a little bit of heel work with her. Um, she's responded beautifully. Um, I will say this. So genetics, I think, play a big part in, in a lot of dogs uh, and a lot of things you get out of the dogs. Um, this little dog right now, I, I said this when I first got her, nothing has changed in my mind. Um, maybe it's just been reaffirmed. Probably one of the nicer puppies I've, I've had um, in years. Just a, just a really cooperative little dog. Um, very smart. Uh, just a real high IQ, I think. She's just real intelligent. Um, possesses some things that are just extremely natural, that are real attractive to me. Her retrieve is very, very attractive to me right now. Um, I'm not retrieving with her because she's teething. Uh, we stopped retrieving about a week and a half ago as she first lost some of her front teeth. And you can see, I just kept an eye on it. She's about 17 or 18 weeks right now. Um, four to six months is typically when they're going to teeth. So we, she's right in that window. So we just stop retrieving right now because I don't want to form condition in a bad habit of her chomping on it, her wanting to lay down and chew on it, her not picking it up because her mouth hurts. Um, we've had questions about, I've posted some stuff on stories and, and stuff about her teething. I've had a lot of questions. What do you give her to relieve some of that stress? I don't give her much, if anything. I think chewing is a habitual habit. I don't give dogs toys to chew on. I think it creates chewers. Um, I don't have problems with older dogs that chew, and I think part of the reason is because I don't give them stuff to chew on when they're little. I just don't allow it to be an acceptable behavior. I don't think it's fair to ask them to determine what they can and can't chew on. So we just don't give them anything to chew on. 
I have given her a few ice cubes, and I will continue to do that when it really gets um, to the point where she's can't handle it. She's fussy, um, kind of like a baby. I give you give them the little teething rings, frozen stuff helps numb up the gums. So I'll give her an ice cube occasionally. She's never going to mistake an ice cube for anything I own um, and think it's okay to chew on. So we will do that occasionally. Um, I have done that occasionally with her. Not a lot. I don't get into a big habit of it. One of the problems with it is I give it to her. And, um, it's okay if she likes to lay there and chew on it. But what, what develops and has developed is she has a tendency to want to play with it. And then she wants to flip it around. And as soon as she starts flipping it around, if she's on place... She's flipping it off the place, and then she's really tempted. She wants to get off place and go get it. Place training is something that's going really well with her. And one of the things that we're doing is <clears throat> we're not, we're at the point where she gets what place is. She knows that's her spot. She knows she can't come off of it. She's become very trustworthy on it to the point where I can leave her, leave the room. I don't have question on her coming off of it or very, very little doubt. Part of the reason is because I don't allow her it to be acceptable for her to come on and off at free will or I don't call her off of it I think it's silly to have the dog that you want to stay on place and then you call them off because they're going to start anticipating just like I want them to I, I, there's a lot of times where I want the dog to understand what's probably going to happen next and start to anticipate I think with a dog that's got a high IQ like her that's one of the things I should tap into what I don't want her to do is assume that I'm going to call her off the bed. Um, so when we put her on there, she's on there. I go over and pick her up off of it, or I touch her and take her off of it. Um, if she were too big, she's not too big now, I can still scoop her up and set her down. So that's another thing that we're working on, <clears throat> putting her on place and leaving her on place. Places, uh, I'm very, I'm developing a lot of confidence in her on place. Um, so that's that's been something we've been working on. The heel work, we're using the adjustable leader right now. Um, she's responding really well. I've actually gone to right-hand turns. She's great. Um, very loose lead, very little correction. We're on gravel, so there's not a lot of distractions. If I went on grass, which we probably will start next week, um, I'd have to pop her a little bit because her nose is going to go down. <clears throat> on the gravel, she's not bad. Um, her attention span, relatively short, as to be expected. But we're getting a lot of real valuable heel work out of her right now we actually are starting to turn into her turn to the left she heels on the left i'm turning into her got her feet moving the right way um, this week even so um all in all right now things that are happening with bella are really positive now we're going to start sharing some of that um, very soon post wise uh, by the time this thing, by the time this podcast actually goes live, some of them will probably be started. YouTube is where they're going to be. <clears throat> Facebook is where they're going to be. Um, what we will probably do IGTV with it. But so we're going to put them in as many places as we can. So wherever you're getting your content from, hopefully we're touching you there. Um, one of the things that I think is important is I do not want people to watch it and make comparisons. That's not why we're doing it. I'm not showing this so that you can watch it and go, oh, 16 weeks, 17 weeks, 18 weeks, this is where I need to be with Sam or whatever another dog's name is, Piper or whatever it is. If you've got another dog and you're watching this, it's just as a baseline for some of the progress and maybe more so for less of the progress but what happens when this 
goes on? What happens when you run into this problem? How do you handle this issue that comes up? What do you need in order? Like we're doing Cody go back right now and that's all back casting and handling <clears throat> left and right. Before we could have done that, we needed sit to the whistle. Before we could do sit to the whistle, we needed heal. Before we could do heal, we needed place training. We, all this stuff is, is sequenced. Um, and so we didn't record all that early training with Cody. We're trying to record all that stuff with Bella. We did a lot of that with Spry. Um, if you watch live with Spry versus what we're documenting with Bella, two totally different animals, um, literally and figuratively. So the process, things that Spry did really well, Bella, we're not even doing yet uh, at that age. Part of it is because when we got Bella, we got Bella a lot older than what we normally do. Normally we get him at seven or eight weeks old. This one we got at 14 weeks old. So a little bit different time frame. So what? My process is the same. I still start in the beginning. So I don't care what your age or your dog is. Don't compare it to our dogs. The sequence is going to be very similar. I also don't want people to get frustrated with, your dog is doing so well in place and mine isn't. So what? Part of it, it's very rarely the dog. Almost always it's us. So study that more so than the progress of the dog and I think you're going to probably gain or benefit a lot more from it. So I put that out there because I've I've had it, the little bit that we've shared at Bella's Progress, I've had multiple people message me with frustration. Like literally they're frustrated because they saw how quickly Bella started doing this. Don't compare. It doesn't matter how quickly she did it or how slowly she's doing some things. Because some things I'm, I'm quite certain other dogs that are her age are doing better or more of than what, than what she is. So, and I'm not worried about it. So if I'm not worried about it, you can't be worried. You shouldn't be worried about it. can't be worried about it. It's just going to take away from the whole process to make it a whole lot less enjoyable. I think this should be fun. So um, Bella, I am having a ton of fun with so far. Uh, we've got her with us. She settled in nicely. Um, probably if you want to hear her whine, listen to the pheasant podcast because you'll hear her whining in the back. Um, but, but that took a few minutes. We didn't pay any attention to it, and now she's settled in. And so <clears throat> as we go on this trip, we might kennel her without the cover and just put your plugs in for a little bit and deal with it. And then we get to the point where she starts to change the habit to now I don't have to necessarily be covered up. Um, and I, I get into the routine of getting the kennel, be quiet, we're going somewhere. It's not a bad thing. So that's it. Uh, we're under 20 minutes on this one, which is a shorty, but um, I like these quick little short ones. I like being able to just hit one topic at a time. Do we have any questions on there? there so we got some questions on Facebook, so we'll answer those. Go ahead. All right. Dan McDaniel asks, have you ever known of a lab that won't go into water deeper than her belly? It's a 20-month-old female that won't go in past her belly. Um, no. I guess I don't, Dan. I have some dogs that, so the, I don't know if you heard the question, um, dog that won't go into the water. Um, that dog where you're training arrow, you know, she was a shepherd, so not necessarily, uh, Malinois shepherd mix, not necessarily the strong water breed that the labs are. Uh, labs tend to not have issues with water. They will have issues with water if you don't introduce them to water the right way. I do think that's important. Um, <clears throat> I think the best way to get dogs into water comfortably 
um, is patiently and slowly. And the other way to do it is go in the water yourself. Um, so I'm in the traffic now here in Eau Claire, so we're gonna be a little bit, uh, I'm gonna be focused on that. But I think the key is you go in the water yourself. Um, I do think that if you have a well-behaved dog, <clears throat> it doesn't necessarily hurt to have um, a second dog with that is under control and let them go in the water. <clears throat> That's how we got Arrow in. Um, we had other dogs in the water and Arrow followed in. But it took, Dan, it took me, I had that dog in the to the water five, six times, two weekends, two full weekends up north on a lake. And she didn't never went in deeper than her elbows. Um, so it's it's when the time is right, that's when it's right. And I don't know when that time is, and I'm not going to force it. So, but I do think getting in the water yourself, walking in there with them. The other thing is make sure the water is nice and warm. I mean, I'm put I'm putting these dogs, these young dogs that are just going in the water for the first time. They're going in <clears throat> ponds that are relatively shallow. <clears throat> Excuse me. Middle of the summer. The water is nice and warm. They can get in there. It feels good to them. I mean, it's like bath water. So I think how you introduce the water is important. <clears throat> and how long it takes doesn't matter. If you do a good job of introducing, eventually they're gonna um, they're gonna probably surprise themselves. I think that's what happened with <clears throat> Bella or Arrow was she just didn't realize she'd gone far enough in, all of a sudden she's deeper than her chest and she had to swim and that came real natural to her. <clears throat> this little puppy, Bella, and I say her name <clears throat> too loud because now I probably will wake her up and she'll get going again. But Bella has been in the water. She hasn't swam. She's 16, 17 weeks old. She hasn't swam. So <clears throat> I've only had her to the water two or three times. Uh, she went in. She went up to deep enough to swim. She put her head down in the water. She got a little bit startled. She came back out. That's fine. Um, I'll have her in the water soon enough. Um, if you got a little dog that's a strong retriever, I'd start on the edge with a little puppy bumper that floats and maybe pitch it into the water and let them pick it up out of the water and bring it back to you. And then just slowly add it a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper until they gradually have to get a little bolder and a little more confident and they make the splash, they make the big jump. Once they're in, it seems like they're in. Um, rarely does a dog go in and then go, oh, I don't like that anymore, unless you start throwing them off the dock, unless you start carrying them in and dropping them in and startling them and scaring them. <clears throat> so easily easing them into it and allowing them to ease into it is the key to that, <clears throat> I think. All right. Corey Snug says... <clears throat> Hold on, Ben's going to read some more questions. It says, I've always been curious why your English labs don't look like other true English labs I've seen. Well, I don't know what you've seen for English labs. Now, I think there's a difference, and it's a formality. English and British. British is uh, what, what commonly referred to from the dogs that we have. I would call them British field lines. They're UK bred. Um, doesn't mean they're from from England. Um, they are from the UK. So it could be Northern Ireland, Scotland, um, I think Wales is part of that. The UK, whatever the UK is made up of. It's several countries. Um, I think my dogs look very much like British Labs um, field lines. Uh, I do think the confusion that comes in 
oftentimes is people talk about British labs have become very popular um, in the last 10 years, uh, 10 to 15 years. Um, maybe too popular in my, and that's just a personal kind of thought. But um, I think what's happened is, is um, their popularity has expanded. There's lots of people that, that breed them now. There's lots of people that import them. Um, and and we, we won't go down that rabbit hole, but the the true field lines, which is what I'm interested in, um, are very different than what I would consider a show line or a table line. Um, I think they call those English a lot. English dogs uh, are what I think they call their show dogs. English lab. Um, a British lab is is a hunting dog. It comes from a hunting hunting lot. The ones that I have come from field lines, which are trials, field trials. Um, field trials over there are very, very different than over here. Um, that's why I like them. But the the British field lines confirmation, the actual look of the dog, is relatively low on the standards as far as um, traits that they're that they're interested in, first and foremost. So natural game finding is real important to them. Um, a good nose, uh, bitability, willingness to please, disposition, temperament. Some of those things are really the focal points. Now they have confirmation as well. They have standards as far as weights. They have standards as far as heights. Um, they're smaller dogs. Their confirmation is smaller than the American style. Um, I think that people get confused and I hear this all the time and it kind of drives me nuts. I just don't get into it that much, but I hear all this talk about stocky, short-legged, block-headed dogs. All that stuff is is specifically talking about the look of the dog. The look of the dog matters if you're showing the dog. The look of the dog is not the priority when it comes to hunting the dog or working the dog in the field. Now, do I like a good-looking dog? Absolutely. Um, some of my dogs I like the look of. Some of them I prefer. Uh, I don't necessarily love the look of. Um, I don't think any of my dogs are awful-looking. I don't think any of my dogs are... Are the perfect lab for me um, what I look at much higher as far as um, appeal to me is their their working aspects so natural game finding um, natural retrieve um, disposition temperament style um, those things are what I value more so than the look so I think it depends on what you're looking at um, if you go and you look at um, UK bred field blinds, uh, you'll you'll look at my dogs and you'll look at those dogs and you'll go, that's where he gets them from, because that's where we get them from. Um, so there are there are a lot of things online that you can look at, um, a lot of really good resources. Go, I would just Google them and look at some of the kennel. I'm I'm fascinated by kennels over there. Um, I'm fascinated by breeding over there. I think it is so true, um, and I think that it is completely in for the right reasons um and that's quality of the dogs and so i this this little bella dog that we have right now uh comes from blue cypress blue cypress kennels is a kennel down out of florida um it's a, a guy i know knew well from wild rose kennels um years ago and he manages blue cypress now and he got this puppy for me um the reason i got this puppy is 100 percent because of the breeding um, it comes from a dog from a kennel called Fenderwood. Um, David Latham is his name. Um, 
he's the he's the captain of the English gundog team. Uh, he has a kennel. He's he, I, I I'm it's a guy that I really look up to. Um, look up to him from a training standpoint um, and a, a, a philosophy standpoint when it comes to dogs. But that's one of many over there that I really really am interested in. Um, the the female is also imported. Uh, the the her Bella's mom's name is Tess. Um, that was a field trial winner. Um, Bailey is the sire. Bailey is a international field trial champ. Um, IGL winner. Uh, four-time qualifier. I mean, just super impressive resume. Um, it's exactly, it's the only reason I got the dog um, is, is because of those genetics. So those dogs, uh, Bella included, um, all of my dogs, if you go back one gen one generation or two generations, the most back, well, right now it would be Ellie. Ellie is the least connected to literally over the seas, uh, overseas from, from my dogs. Um, she comes from a dog that was an Irish dog, uh, imported, um, a field trial, international field trial champion. She's a granddaughter. Um, she's a great granddaughter and I've trained, um, nine dogs out of that line out of the four generations so just uh it's a personal dog of ours um i hold on to certain dogs for certain reasons um and that's one that i held on to because i just like the lineage um so that touches on that probably got a little bit longer than you needed on that but so court it was Corey, wasn't it yes yeah. so that's so i think uh there's a big difference between show and field Okay, uh, Darren Bauer says my lab switched to mouth breathing while swimming. Can I get her to, to can I get her breathing through her nose? That's your dog's gonna figure that one out. Uh, if she's mouth breathing and sucking water in, she's gonna choke. Uh, and she'll, it's one of those things that, from an experience standpoint, she's gonna have to figure it out. Um, I don't think there's any drills or anything that you can do. I think experience, um, actual training, uh, will allow her to figure that out. That's something that um, nature takes care of on that one. Dan McDaniel said, don't all your dogs come from one breeder? What'd he say? Don't, doesn't all your dogs come no, from one breeder? No, um, I've had, I've trained, I've trained dogs now, um, British style or UK bred dogs from four different kennels. Um, I, for years and years and years, I did some breeding back with one kennel, um, Wild Rose Kennels. Um, had a, had a, have had a really good relationship with them for a long, long time. Um, several of my dogs are from them, but I've done, I've, I've trained dogs from Duck Hills Kennels. Um, that is Robert Milner. He's in Tennessee. Um, this is Blue Cypress. Um, and then I had another one, I thought. Uh, maybe those are the, th maybe that, maybe I didn't. Those are the three. So those are the three of the British. Now I've trained American dogs too. I've owned some American dogs. Um, so, and that was prior to, uh, 2003 is when I got my first, my first dog that was from, from the UK style, British style dog. And I personally haven't owned any since. It's just definitely my preference. That's it. So, uh, podcast wise, we'll wrap that up. Um, that was episode number 35, right? So a little bit of a twist on this one. Uh, we got some live interaction through our Facebook stuff. Um, 
and we're getting close to losing reception, so we won't be doing that anymore. Um, we're getting close to the hills of Buffalo County. We're gonna be doing some food plotting, so on our Instagram stories and on our Facebook stuff, we'll be putting some content posts out. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thanks for anyone who is following on it live. Thank you guys for uh, asking some questions on it. Um, we will continue to do these. Please do us the favor, subscribe on whatever apps you're using or however you're consuming it. Um, and if you would leave us reviews, it's greatly appreciated. It means a lot to us, helps us with the growth. The other thing that helps us with the growth is you guys sharing. Um, if you, When we put the promos out, if you guys would be willing to share it to someone um, or share it on your own page even or tag someone that you think it might help, um, those are all great ways of naturally, organically growing with uh, our numbers. Our numbers allow for us to gauge some success but also to get to more people. The, all those algorithms work where more interaction with the stuff we're posting allows it to show up in more people's feeds that it's desirable to. And that's that's our whole goal. So if we can help, if you have more questions, I've got on my phone, I've got a whole bunch of questions that were asked, um, DM'd through Instagram and Facebook that we are gonna cover. Um, we're falling a little bit behind on some of those. Um, we'll be doing podcasts on those. We've also got other projects that are going so we're doing projects like Bella which will have updates we're gonna have some of the video stuff going pretty quick on that which will spur more action I think um, just a whole bunch of cool stuff lots of stuff going it's getting close um, to the season our tracking efforts are gonna pick up now we're gonna start game recovery laying lines we're gonna show some of the stuff with Bella as a young puppy um, that's gonna be documented. We just posted a video of, of uh, Arrow doing her first tracking. We're gonna we're working with the Bomars on getting uh, Arrow ready. She should track this year. That's one thing that I think little young dogs can do as long as it's a successful situation. So all that stuff coming. Um, Licking Stick is running strong, just tons of stuff. So Hodeg is our other brand, Hodeg Licking Stick. So if, you, if you're uh, interested, if you're a deer hunter, probably something you may find interesting as well so that's it episode number 35 we got it it went longer than it probably should uh hey deal with it right so until the next one um thank you again for listening thank you for all your support